0: From Practically Culture, the guys who brought you Logan's mini TV reviews, I'm your host Logan Bo, podcasting from Brooklyn, and Bob's mini movie reviews, I'm joined by the one, the only, Bob Caswell in the Bay Area, how are you, Bob? I'm great, how are you? Introducing a new mini podcast. Oh, hanging out, you know me. Nice. Practically Culture Homeland, a new mini podcast dedicated to recapping every episode of Homeland Season 3. It is our Homeland Recap. Welcome anyone who's found us from our main show, Practically Culture, where we have current movie reviews, mini-reviews of TV and movies, and entertainment picks every weekend, and if you found this mini-podcast first, we encourage you to check out our main show at PracticallyCulture.com and on iTunes. Now on to Homeland. Bob, I kind of like a nice, focused episode. There's basically one storyline here with a few directly related branches, but they're all... It's like going one direction. We got no no um venezuelans we got no extra brodies anything like that we're just we're on the main story (laughs) which uh is a lot different from uh, masters of sex the other one we're recapping but um anyway i kind of i kind of like this as a contrast
1: yeah i agree Uh, especially the no extra brodies very focused uh (laughs) although some of the particulars of the way they focused on it i i guess i'm running out of steam on the homeland formula but i was uh I was on the edge of my seat in my mind, even if not all the way there.
0: (laughs) All right. Um, But yeah, we got Brody in the field. we got the Langley team with their remote visuals. And there's even Dara Dahl handling the White House chief of staff. Um, So yeah, you know, we start off. Quinn finds out Carrie's pregnant by reading her medical charts. Carrie barks him to back off and swears it's not Brody's. Um, But he's on to her.
1: Yeah. What's Um, that all about? Like, is she just trying to say that because that's what she's supposed to say? It's not Brody's, even though you might think it is, and it probably is. But it's not. I'm going to state the obvious—the opposite of the obvious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I thought she sort of fell him out, right? He was like, uh, so now you think I should excuse myself from this case because it- I'm carrying Brody's child? Is that it? He's like, yeah. Oh, well, it's not Brody's then. Neener, neener, <laughs> is, is what it seemed like to me.
1: seemed a little <laughs> heavy-handed, but whatever. That's the yeah. way that it's going there on that theme. Yeah.
0: So... Anyway, Brody's out in Iraq with the CIA team trying to cross over into Iran, still doing his prayers, switching his socks inside out, makes him a new man. <laughs> um, and then, well, Bob, I, I got the impression, and you'll have to verify for me because you have more experience in these matters, oh? but it sort of felt like the whole episode was very much like the plot of a first-person shooter video game. <laughs> You know, random obstacles keep popping up. There's a cut scene and it's like push a to interact and solve the problem over and over again, you know, <laughs> stealthily kill the investigating police drive through the minefields, trying to avoid the mines, shoot the bad guys to cover your retreat, do everything right. And still get stopped by the Iranians, making everything work out perfectly. In the end.
1: I want to like fake it and pretend like I thought of this too, but I really didn't. This is brilliant. <laughs> Logan, like, this could seriously be, like, there's a good half of this episode that's straight out of Call of Duty. It's true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if that says something good for video games or says something bad for this TV show. Mm, or but, uh... the latter, to be honest, but
1: oh well. <laughs>
0: uh, anyway, at one point, um, Brody runs out of the car. He's, like, trying to escape or something. But why did he do that?
1: I, you know, th- this is the th- another heavy-handed maneuver here where within the same two minutes, we have Brody trying to like run away, like, I guess, run towards the the Iraqi side more and be like, I can't do it. I'm scared. It's too much. And then like literally seconds, minutes later, he's in charge. Stay with me. I'm going to help you through this. You know, his buddy who's blown up and, and then he's like, I'm going to make it. We're not going to abort this mission. It's important to me. And I, of course, I'm going to follow through. And it's like, What is going on, Mr. Bipolar? Uh, It's effective from a dramatic contrast point of view, but all in all, I thought it was too much of a contrast too fast. What about you?
0: Yeah, I agree. The one thing that I find more distracting than anything else is when a character does something that I just don't find believable that that character would do as a character choice, and he tells us handler he's scared, but is that all? We didn't see any other reason for him to, to freak out. It seems like he's been through a lot. Um but I, I don't know. I couldn't really see any reason for him to freak out. So maybe he's just been through a lot and he did get scared. I don't know. I, but it, it didn't didn't seem like his character to me.
1: Yeah, you know, he did get somebody shot in front of him and he got blood splattered on the face, which for anybody else in the real world, that's a big deal and could, could fuck you up. But for Brody, that's like, meh, that's all in a day's work. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, he's he's been through a lot of Call of Duty missions, if you know what I mean.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so I felt like... The show should have picked one direction or the other. Um, I think, of course, based on where it's going, it needed to pick the the um, stalwart sort of immune and callous Brody because that's more in line with his character. Um, even if he's broken in that way, they could play with that theme a little bit more but still have him push through. But this, like, uh, you know, I have a vagina pansy Brody, they even make, like, a joke about that, or not a joke, but they make a reference to it in that way. Um that just felt like out of nowhere and was just a, too, too much of a I-want-to-be-dramatic I sort of writer moment for somebody that was too much. Yeah.
0: We do get a good line from Dahl, from Dara Dahl, when they kill the Police. Like, this isn't something the president needs to know. Uh, yeah, right. Anytime you say that, it's probably something the president
1: does need to know. <laughs> That's code for, like, we're fucked. I can't believe that just happened. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but instead, they call Senator Lockhart and some muckety-muck general. And those guys show up to the situation room. The thing is, Lockhart seems incredibly reasonable for a change, saying he has no reason to wish for the operation's failure. And then when it does go sideways, he's like, hey, you caught some bad luck, Saul. Too bad.
1: Right. Um, So two things. Number one, I noticed that too. Like, wow, this guy's not a dick through and through. That's cool. (laughs) Um, Then the, the second thing, which I thought was a little weird, was there was one point, very obviously, where Saul's like, all right, it didn't work out. All right, it's a military operation. I'll turn it over to you, General. Good thing you're standing right here, even though you weren't invited <laughs> and I was upset about you being invited into this room. Like, what was the play going to be if the General wasn't there to take over this fuck up? It, was he going to be like, hang on, let me call the General hotline and get somebody, you know, on call to be the General in the military situation since our CIA operational, you know, intelligence thing didn't work out. I just thought that was a little weird and convenient the way it panned out.
0: Yeah, i wondered about that, too. I mean, because you just wonder about the line of authority. Would Saul have just done it anyway? And the fact that it was a military operation, you know, for the lower common people, and we have the general here, he may well let him do that, but Saul could have just as easily have done it? Or would they have had to get someone else in the room when it went sideways? I don't know. That definitely made me question
1: that, too. Yeah, and to add insult to injury, then we have, like, Saul's like, well, you guys clean up this mess, I'm going to go cry in my office, like, really <laughs> like, you're <laughs> gonna leave right now <laughs> that's kind of weird
0: yeah <laughs> whatever so yeah anyway i guess it makes it more dramatic when carrie shows up later and says um so we got him out oh one more thing Saul. brody made it to Iran.
1: dun 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 and if i was, I'd be like are you fucking kidding me why didn't my like bat phone not go off as soon as that happened like why is it carrie walking down three hallways to get to my office to whatever
0: right she's not out of breath nothing Right, so uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: Sorry, show. Um, we're 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 kind of giving Homeland a, a hard time here, but let, let's move on to something else that maybe we like more. Yeah,
0: um, I guess just since this is a recap, try to hit the major points. Just to back up slightly, um, you know, Brody's car does hit that IED, which is the reason that they end up having to maybe abort. The White House uh, has this idea who wants Saul to blow up the truck to hide the CIA's tr- CIA's tracks, but Saul won't do it. He's like, I will not order an attack on my own men um, and it turns out Brody survived after all and drags the other guy out but an Iraqi patrol st- shows up and starts firing and that's when they decide to abort and all turns it over to the military thing is Brody won't abort even with Carrie trying to talk him down and he tells Carrie you'll get me out and she's mad that he put that on her but all Carrie's fidgeting uh, has pretty much shown that she still got it for him and I think she will do her darndest
1: yeah and you know weird brody notwithstanding, pansy brody from five minutes ago um i think this was very much in line with brody's true character if you think about his prospects in life and and what he has to lose i mean he's pretty far gone and fucked up and this is his one shot at redemption in a lot of ways so if it doesn't work out and it's like let's regroup and try again that's code for in the show could maybe figure out a way to make it work but in real life this was his one (laughs) shot and i can see i thought that that was fine actually i thought that made a lot of sense and and i'm glad that it played out that way
0: yeah i was fine with that too um and so then they're sitting there and they're running in prison and there's another great line um you know they're wondering what's going to happen and brody's companion asks what to expect from torture and brody says uh expects to break yeesh dark but it's probably accurate really
1: Right, and it's like how long? Uh, how long did it take you to break? You know, well, I lost track of time. I'm guessing seven days, but it's it's an interesting answer because that's part of being broken, right? As you really don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's kind of scary.
0: Yeah. Uh, but Javadi shows up and solves that problem. <laughs> uh, he wastes Brody's companion, and it's game on at that point.
1: Yeah. Now, I have a question here. I know that um, Iran is the bad guy. You know, especially. Slightly in real life to some extent, but then in the show, like in an exaggerated way. But Javadi supposed to be like second in command. He's pretty high up in the government. And I just can't imagine, short of like, you know, the dear leader of North Korea. It just feels like for him to just (laughs) off a guy randomly and then for his, his minion guards to come in and be like, oh, yeah, this political leader just killed somebody point blank. That happens all the time. Like, is that even accurate for even close to accurate, even for a country like Iran, it seems like they they might hold people longer than they should or torture people, and maybe I'm belaboring a a small point, but it just felt like, wow, politician-slash-murderer, okay. Okay.
0: (laughs) So uh, this is one of those times when, first of all, I have no idea, but second of all, that won't stop me from answering, and here's uh, (laughs) here's, here's my thought. Um, So Iran, you know, what do we know? But we assume, and the writers want us to assume, I guess, it's one of these places where... uh, They aren't encumbered by, you know, due process, rule of law, and all that sort of stuff. And they were already not necessarily trusting these guys. And so if the head of security for the whole country comes in and decides he trusts one and not the other, who are the guys to say, you know?
1: Yeah, or whatever justice system or legal system or any, like, rule of law that could possibly exist in any, you know, formalized society. But whatever. That's cool. I mean, I guess Iran's pretty far gone, at least in the show, and... I guess partially in real life too. Whatever. Yeah.
0: So before it's all over, though, Carrie asks to reach out to Faris' family in Iran, and she's basically told to fuck off. Yeah. Um. Rightfully but I have a so. Feeling Carrie is going to approach them anyway without Faris' permission. That's my That's my prediction. I know I'm going out on a limb there.
1: Or yeah, one way or the other, that storyline is not complete. It's going to follow through in some way. That's what I'll say. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, anything else you want to cover before we call it, Bob? Uh,
1: you know what do we have? Only a couple episodes left. It's kind of we have in, two more. Yeah, it's action sequence. Uh, Brody trying to save the day. Um, yeah, I got nothing. I'm I'm glad that it's wrapping up. I I feel like it it's dragging a little. Um, I've been a little harsh on Homeland, but I think it's justified. And this show is. It could, it could dip below the four-star level for me, Logan. We'll see, though.
0: Oh. Well, I'm getting excited for the end. I think how the season ends will do a lot to influence how I feel about the season as a whole. So I'm really reserving judgment, and I'm looking forward to that. All right, cool. Listen to us on iTunes or PracticallyCulture.com. Also, find us on Facebook. A mini-podcast from Practically Culture. Practically Culture Homeland.